This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show and another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series. I'm joined today by Alex, aka the Euro Expert. You may be familiar of his works on YouTube and on TikTok as well. And of course, following him on Twitter at Euro Expert underscore. How are you doing, Alex? You well? You good? Yeah, I'm doing great. We're talking backstage of uh, a couple mm. of fanless channel. Love, loving the stuff you're doing Thanks, here. Man. So it's a it's a pleasure to be on. Appreciate that, mate. I mean, I reached out to you yesterday because I read a thread that you put up on Twitter, uh, specifically on our tour. Uh, and I know that you've, I think we've both been involved in some things previously with the uh, the, uh, the Modern Footballer magazine uh, in yes. the past as well. Uh, and obviously, that's I've known you through that route too. So, by the way, they're still available. I have one somewhere. I usually have it to hand. I can't see it around me. But uh, looking forward to getting on the next one of those when uh, Get French Football News and on and the Get French, not just Get French, but Get Football Media team start mm. getting those out again. Um, but specifically, our tour was why I wanted to speak to you. But we're also going to have a discussion a little bit later on as well about Vlaovic from Fiorentina. Talk to me about your view of the player. Talk to me about kind of how you feel about the idea of him as a target of Arsenal and what they kind of need in midfield. Okay, so yeah, Arta, I remember you referenced the thread there that I wrote on him. I did some research into him about two months ago. And like many people who know the name of Arta and saw his weird transfer, I went into it expecting to write something about how he's an international money laundering scheme and he's not a real person. But it turns out Arta's actually quite a really talented player in a lot of ways. He's definitely limited, which we'll get onto. But my view of Arta is that he's been horribly misused at Juventus. And just when he was getting good at Barcelona, he kind of got killed by the arrival of Frankie de Jong and their finances having to move the books around. So, yeah, I think Arsenal, are, depending on how they use him, and to be honest, I actually trust Arteta quite a bit with how he's handled the squad this season. I'd be quite excited to see how he, uh, how he utilises him. And I think... To, get the, to build a little bit of hype, I've been. I was trying to think before coming on, like the best way to compare him or how he could be used. And my idea in my head at the moment is sort of like how Fabregas was used under Conte at Chelsea. 
I think he could be used something like that. I mean, that obviously high praise to discuss, obviously, mm. a player obsessed over gas ability and Arsenal fans will be very familiar with that. Um, what I think a lot of Arsenal fans are concerned about, you said he's been misused at Juventus. Mm-hmm. Could you go into a little bit of elaboration as to why and, and why he, and how rather he's being misused and maybe how he would be better used at Arsenal? Absolutely. Yeah, so... Arta really started ticking things up in 1920 at Barcelona. To give context, he arrived from Gremio in Brazil, I think it was 2018. So in his first season at Barcelona, he played on the left side of midfield. It was just after Iniesta left too. So he had big boots to fill with no experience at the top five leagues. So of course, he kind of didn't really make an impact. He was ranked low in pretty much every metric, which I know you love on this channel. And I do too. Um, then 1920 came along, Barcelona brought in Frankie de Jong, so Arta was limited to about 20 starts. However, he, in the 1920 season, was used sort of like as the furthest forward midfielder, really not inside the box, but sort of in between the box and the centre circle. And he was really good. I mean, we've got a visual up, because I don't know we can go into the statistics, mm. but I think it's always we good can. to show the people what he can do. So this is one example. This is when he was playing against Sevilla, I think, in 1920. And you see, he has the ball near the centre circle, and most people would see this and just think, what's he going to do with it? And then you flip to the next one. Arta manages to take out pretty much the entire Sevilla team and find a, find a Barcelona mm. runner. I think it was Messi in this case. And what ended up happening, ironically, was the ball was so advanced, it took Messi and the goalkeeper's up by surprise and ended up mm. going straight into the net. Marley Suarez, actually, I'm looking at. It's really difficult to say. I think I can see yeah. Messi just here, the number 10. But yeah, I think it might be Suarez. But yeah, go on, continue. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's the sort of passing vision that Arta's always possessed. And that was what really, as well, just a proper hit at home before we go on to Juventus, mm. is what I think confused people when he moved to Barcelona because... Even people like us who look at data statistics, unless you're able to pay for the ones that cover Brazil, all you can really see at what he did in Brazil was score a handful of goals and mm. made a lot of passes per game. You couldn't see how much he was progressing the ball and how much he was completing his dribbles and things, which was a Barcelona we could see. Mm. But at Juventus, he was played more as a holding midfielder, a bit deeper. I think I was watching, it was Rich from Football Italia come on your channel. Um, yeah, Rich, some, yeah. yeah. He summarised Arta in Italy quite well. was just being quite inconsistent and things. But I will add to the context. Like I said, in 1920 at Barca, he was great because he was the furthest forward midfielder. At Juventus, he was the deepest midfielder. He didn't really have those opportunities to play those big line-breaking passes. I think he was walled in a bit too much. I think mm. at points, Pirlo wanted to turn him into a sort of regista. So that's why I feel like he's been misused. I think if he can be put in similar positions to Barcelona, uh, Barcelona not as attacking midfielder, but sort of somewhere yeah. in between. I think he'd be quite good. Let's um let's jump onto Weisgaard quickly because I wanted to kind of show the, the the listeners as well kind of the, the differences that you see between his game at uh, at Juve and also at Barca. Um, this is 2018-19, so I think his first season um, with, yeah. with Barcelona. And the, the key thing to point out is if you have a look and if you people are looking on the screen at the top row, I know it's probably coming up quite small on your screens. I'll try and make it a little bit bigger. Uh, hopefully that makes it a bit better. Um, the highlighted blue column at the top Passes into the final third, 12.09 on average per 90 is a very progressive number of passes into that final third. And the fact that he's doing that with an 87.9% accuracy as well kind of dictates the level of accuracy and, you know, confidence in his passing. I mean, at this age, he was, again, 
mm. in his in his really early twenties. And then you've got the passes into the uh, the penalty area as well at one point five two, which is obviously significantly less. But for a player that kind of plays the kind of central midfield, deep part of the central midfield. Getting 1.52 passes into the penalty area is also really strong. You move forward then to 2019-20. Slightly less passes into the final third, 9.97, but he's actually increasing that level of passes into the penalty area at 1.88. Yeah. Skip forward to Juventus in 2020-2021, and we go to Serie A. Uh, Suddenly things start to change. Passes into the final third again have gone down. They're more accurate, 91%, but they're only now at 8.1 passes into the final third per game on average. And the passes, the penalty area have considerably dropped now to 0.88. And if we just round things off with the current season, which if I zoom out, you can see how few games he's actually played this year. Um, 9.52, still averaging just under that that 10 mark of passes of final third and with a 90.3 accuracy, is still, still showing his consistency. But... 0.92 and 0% accuracy of passing to the penalty area. He's being asked to do a role, which is kind of, I call him a bit of a conductor at times, just kind of grab the ball, play the ball out, play it where it needs to go, but hasn't really got, what's kind of what on purpose. I suppose purpose yeah. is the right word. He doesn't really have purpose to his game at, at uh, Juventus. So seeing kind of all that information there, Alex, do you think that moving to Arsenal, he would kind of rekindle that, purpose that he needs in his game I think he will and something else to touch on as well which is quite important even when Arta was at 1920 Barca which I've hyped up quite a bit he only got Mm. six goals and assists so people might look at that and think "Eh, was he that good he was still I think 23 years old in his second Mm. season in top five European football so that you kind of touched on there when those numbers were really good that was for quite a uh, relatively young player. If his name wasn't Arthur, we'd be looking at him thinking, this guy, this guy could be turning into something here. And mm. I think he could turn into something good at Arsenal. I've seen a few people say uh, sort of a Jacker replacement. That's where his limit is. We haven't seen him put up huge defensive numbers. In fact, I looked at it and I compared it with the Arsenal squad. Arthur would be bottom of uh, Arsenal squad this season uh, mm. for tackles and interceptions per 90. And that is, I think, his average across his career. So... I don't think he can play sort of that destroyer. It's more likely to be no. more like almost like a, I guess like a wild card in some aspects. But as he kind of touched on there, he I reckon under Arteta he's going to be brought on to sort of have the play in front of him. Wherever at Juventus, he's getting the ball into him with players at his back and having to pass it out almost like that. And he hasn't really got to turn and play it out. I will say one thing as well that mm. should uh, excite Arsenal fans. I've seen. I think there was a comment earlier as well saying that he's quite slow. That's something I will go against because he's actually quite a, a fast player. There's something mm. that was definitely apparent at Gremio and Barcelona. We haven't really got the data to say he can make so many precious penalty. I think it Well, I, we, I was just mm. about to say, we do actually have the statistics about that because I was looking on FB ref before we came on. Mm. Um, and the av- so basically in Serie A at the moment, uh, I think it's it actually it might even be across the continent. It is. Um Pressures per 90, your lowest value is Steven and Zonzi, unsurprisingly, at his age, 7.2 pressures per 90. Highest is Alan at Everton with 28.44, which leaves at the average at 18.37 pressures per 90. Artur comes out at 20.09. So he's actually operating at above average pressures for players across the continent in his position. So I actually think he he can press, he does press, uh, and it's interesting to see kind of how successful he is in that area. I'll try and look at the the successful Southern statistics, but I'll have to go into a little bit deeper. What's interesting though is when you say he's fast, 
do you mean he's fast? Because it's quite a broad terminology. Yeah. Fast in terms of sprint speed, fast in terms of quickness of decision-making, or fast in terms of ball at his feet, turning away from players dribbling? Thank you for pressing me on that, because that's a very important <laughs> point. Uh, yeah. Not his sprint speed, more his acceleration and turning away from players. That's the mm. one thing where it can be quite hard to measure, but he reminds me no, nowhere near to the level of it, because this player's on another level, but sort of reminiscent of Verratti in how he can receive the ball and mm. take it almost like round plays or just kind of doing with a bit of movement or dummying, which it, I think is like that kind of shows that he's not just a slow player like a Jorginho, for example. He's a player I quite like, but you can see him in the wrong system getting caught under pressure. Whereas Arters, I think, is a bit more skillful and a bit quicker than that, able to turn away from pressure. I don't see him too often lose the ball in sort of ropey areas, at least at Barcelona. It might be a different story at Juventus. Mm, absolutely. Right. Uh, that's, I mean, questions from the chat box, just before we move on to Vlaovic, if there is anything... Um, that you guys are desperate to ask and know. And if we're capable of answering it, we'll do our absolute best to do so. Um, Vinny says, where do you think he would slot in? I think you did touch on this briefly. Do you think it would be in kind of that Xhaka role? I think it would be more... He's not going to play ahead of party, but I think it would be more on sort of right-hand side of things, maybe, or Mm. at least... Actually, no, it it won't be on a certain side, but he'll have to be played next to someone who's going to do quite a bit of defensive work. I think the most someone's averaging is Lekonga, but it's not going to be Arta. Laconga pivot so mm. maybe a party Arta pivot I think the general consensus really would be Vinny is that Arta needs to play next to someone who can sort of cover him defensively and he's not going to be someone who's just going to sit up front obviously but it's so there's going to be a nice balance there he can't mm. be played I don't know instead of a point I'm trying to make is he can't be played next to someone who's going to be like him and just want to sort of play passes forward. No, I mean, he's different enough of, he's different enough to Thomas Partey to play alongside mm. him. Um, I think that, what, or maybe not even alongside him, but I think actually he's the style of player that would allow Thomas Partey a little bit more freedom um, to be a little bit more expressive with the way that he plays. Arthur can sit in, can be that conductor from deep. As, as I say, if, if you haven't, people go check out the way in which he played when he came on against Roma the other day for Juventus, 3-1 down and was absolutely instrumental in Juventus turning things around. He didn't have the best of games last night against Inter, I don't think, when he played. But actually, it's again, it's about how he's used. And if Arteta, if the one thing that Arteta has done is proven is that he's a good identifier of the players that are going to fit what he wants in his team of late. You've seen that with the six signings he made in the summer. You've seen that with Gabriel and you've seen that um, with Partey as well. Less so, of course, with the Williams of this world, but I think that was more so Edu involved in that than actually looking at a player that was going to fit what he wanted to do at that time. He's much more aware of what he wants from his players two and a bit years into his tenure. And I think I trust him with that, Arta, sort of things. Um, thank you for the donation. Yeah, he says, Arta at Barca, yes, please. Arta at Juve, no thanks. And I think that is probably the biggest thing that Arsenal fans are hanging their hats on right now is what kind of Arta are getting. Answer says, do you think he's a little bit like Thiago at Liverpool? Hmm, that's a good one. Well, Thiago, I think, does more defensive work or has shown he can do more defensive mm. work. Probably the more well-rounded player. Um, I, I'd say a, a different comparison might be he's a bit like Bruno Guimaraes, but without the sort of bulky strength from that side of the game. He's similar, yeah. to, similar to him, I'd say. Um, we've got a question from King who says, uh, would Arta, Partey and Odegaard be balanced enough or too offensive? Uh, all right, I was tempted to cop out there and say it depends on the team, but I think generally, like at least against sort of mid table to bottom half Premier League sides, so that could be enough because between party, as he said, he can sort of cover. I think they can mm. cover each other in some ways. I think 
the 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 sort of variable that comes up when answering these questions is we haven't seen what Arta can be like consistently when he's asked to do a lot of defensive work. Like I said, Barca's played further forward. Mm. Juventus, I mean, to answer the point there, someone mentioned earlier, donation, like we don't want the offer from Juventus. I'd say Juventus is, a, is like a graveyard of footballers mm. at this point. So it's hard to measure him there. Uh, but yeah, if you can get Arta putting the defensive work in, at least some of it, like the pressures you mentioned, I think party uh, Arta Odegaard could be a good bounce. Let's move on uh, to the second part of the show, which is obviously a player that, I mean, we've barely talked about in, in the last month. We barely speak of his name. You may not even have heard of him at this stage. Uh, his, his name is, is it du, Dusan Vlahovic? I think he might be called. Um, I think that's it. He obviously, as we know, is, is Arsenal's primary striking target this window. We've done a number of shows talking about the possibility of a deal. If you want to go and check that out, we did a show with Ben Jacobs from CBS Sports. Uh, I then spoke uh, with Chloe Beresford on the Arsenal way and did a show dedicated to him tactically. But... Over here, we've not been able to get too much into his tactical game. So, Alex, what do you make of the link? What do you make of him as a player? We don't need to go into the likelihood of what a signing is because I think at this stage, everyone's very well aware that, you know, it's 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 kind of what it is. It will either happen or it won't, and it's a bit 50-50 right now. But as a player, do you think he's kind of worth the significant investment that Arsenal would be looking to spend on him? I think... Yes, I believe there. There's a bit a of hesitation there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just building, building a bit of tension, you know. Uh, <laughs> now, there is a couple of things to worry about. For example, Vlahovic, at least of his finishing, appears extremely one-footed. I think I had it here. It was like he scored 13 goals this season with his left foot, and mm. I think only one with his right. And I remember that one with his right. It was like a tap in the after a sort of a rebound. But I think he shows so many other variables that makes you think he's going to be a player that can do well. I think the biggest thing that I really like is his sort of awareness of movement, his anticipation. Like you'll watch him and you can see, you can see in his mind, he knows exactly where the ball's about to come in, like a cutback, where it's going to go near post or cutback. He's he's already reading it before it happens. I think he did that last season against uh, Juventus. This needs to be fair. He slipped in between Benucci and Chiellini and scored a very nice goal as well. But he's a really smart footballer. In fact, the uh, mm. the Serbian national team boss, uh, his words for him said, he's 21 years old, but he has the behaviour of a 30-year-old striker. Well, he does look think, like a 30-year-old striker yeah, as well. Yeah, that to too. <laughs> <laughs> but I, really, I do really like that quote because I think it just does kind of highlight that his intelligence is quite far ahead of sort of the average 21-year-old striker you see. And I will say as well, I think, this isn't just a player who's been spawned up by the Serie A hype, like a Chiro Mobile, like... This is um, past San Belgrade's youngest ever player and striker. He's been hyped up in Serbia for a long time. So mm. there's a, a bigger catalogue of evidence to support why he could be a success at Arsenal than just he scored 15 non-penalty goals at Fiorentina last season. Belagia says, uh, which Premier League player would you associate uh, Vlaovic with? It's a hard question. And to be honest, I get frustrated when I get asked these questions about similar because I like to think of players as individuals. Yes, we like to make comparisons, but there isn't a like for like uh, with every single player. The thing with Vlaovic is you could say in terms of kind of his stature and his height and his strength and the fact he's left-footed, you draw parallels with Lukaku, for instance, but he's not got the raw strength of Lukaku. That and he his has. touch is better. And it, yeah, of course. And I think that the way in which Vlaovic actually makes space for himself is something that Lukaku does in a kind of a brutish kind of fashion, uh, rather than holding players off. Whereas actually, Dusan Vlaovic has got more of the intelligence to create the space for himself. 
I've got, I've got one. A little bit there, so go for it. No, 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 no. So I've, I've got one. Um, I, bear, give me the the sentence afterwards because it's going to sound clickbait at first. So a, a comparison that's actually been drawn before is with Erling Haaland. Haaland's mm. the superior player, obviously, and Haaland's more both-footed, and I think his finish is just at another level. But Vlahovic is quite similar in terms of you look at him first and you think. Six foot two, you know, he's, he's a target man, brings the ball behind, brings the ball to him at his feet, uh, plays back to his defense. But he's mm. a, a lot more well rounded than that, I think. Like, if uh, anyone's in the comments listening to this, you should uh, you should watch his game against AC Milan. Uh, that's what don't know why I said it weird, but no, where he, round, <laughs> he rounded the keeper earlier this season, and it, w- it wasn't like a sort of like a target man sort of thing, it was a player who's a lot more well rounded than that. So and also, there were there were some reports saying that um, if Haaland did leave Dortmund, then they'd actually target Vlahovic as a replacement. So I think there's a there's some value in that comparison. Lars asking more of a social question, kind of about um, his professionality. People obviously have associated this. I think it's fake reluctance to join Arsenal. I don't think he actually has a reluctance. I think he has an understanding that he basically has the world at his feet right now and he can probably pick between a plenty of clubs in the summer. And it's a big decision if he's going to you know, choose Arsenal out of a lot of other huge teams that are interested in him. But what do you make of him from a personality perspective? Yeah, so in terms of those Arsenal reports of, look, he doesn't want to join. I will say, like depending on which report you read, it's a different story. Mm. I'll, I'll be willing to write it off as sort of his agents doing the talk because so far he's been generally a really professional player, Fiorentina. Even when, like, near the start of this season, he made it quite clear he's not signing a new contract. That was very quick and he's just got on straight away with Fiorentina. He's not developed into a saga. And like I said about the Serbian national team boss, got the behaviour of a 30-year-old, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch. So mm. I do think you'll be getting a, not not an Aubameyang, <laughs> put it that way. No, I think that what we've seen with the Bamiang is someone who's obviously a very good striker, but just professionalism is just not on the same level of what Arteta is expecting. Um, people asking about what he's like in the air. Uh, Nishad says, how is his aerial threat? Now, this is I think this is sometimes very quick. This very quickly turns into a debate about, oh, he's six foot three. He must be really good in the air. But actually, from watching him, it's part of his game that he actually still needs to develop more. And I think looking at his aerial threat, uh, his aerial jewels on one, he's only, he only wins on average 38.2% of aerial jewels. So just because he's six foot three, it doesn't mean he's guaranteed to be an aerial threat. However, he still probably is better in the air than the current players that Arsenal got at the club. Yeah, exactly. That's actually a really good point as well, because even some people might hear that aerial win rate and think, well, he's a striker. He's not going to win headers against centre-backs. I was covering Chris Wood yesterday for a video I was doing. He wins mm. about 50% of his aerial duels at Burnley. you got to think his main thing pretty much is bringing higher balls down. So mm. it does show that Vovic needs to work in it. To, to, to answer about his aerial threat, I, what I will say, I think you kind of touched on there, I think he needs to use his body a bit more, but I think his aerial accuracy is actually pretty good. Like when he's hitting the ball with his head. Mm. He's quite good at that, like aiming where it goes. But it's not his main asset, put it that way. He's more cultured than that. Yeah, I think he he definitely, despite his height, prefers to have the ball at his feet and the ball played low into him rather than crosses. However, it's going to be an area of his game that if he is signed by Arsenal, the club will look to try and maximise and get the best of And at the end of the day, people forget very quickly, although he looks 30, he is still only 21 years of age and he is going to still need to perfect plenty of areas of his game. Um, Stevie asking, would you go for Vlaovic or Dominic Calvert-Lewin? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, right, it depends on the price, I'd say. I'm gen- I think from what I we think see... they Vlaovic cost very become- similar prices, to be fair. So. Yeah, to be fair. 
I think Blavich has the potential to become a better player, but if we're talking like, I want someone in who's going to be certain to score the goals, I, I might go for Dominic Calvert-Lewin, just because he has been proven to score so many goals uh, mm-hmm. ever to. I think it was like 13-15 last season. Um, I guess the only thing is he's been mm. injured for most of this season, so that's, that's yes. the caveat there. Uh, the thing is, what I think people should take from this is you talk about the strikers that Arsenal are being linked to, Vlaovic, Calvert-Lewin, Izak, Jonathan David, is that this is a calibre of striker that we've wanted to be linked to for some time. It's not that second tier of strikers. Arsenal are being linked to the the highest tier of forwards that are going to be available in the next two windows, including mm. this one. So that's certainly certain, uh, something to be really positive about. Uh, Rui Yanis, again, thank you for the donation, mate. Vlaovic compared himself to Erling with less pace. Do you think that his own comparison is is accurate? Or do you think that that's... I mean, how people talk about pace yeah. again. Is he slow on the ball? Or just because he's like kind of lanky? Is, does he have that kind of stereotypical slowness about his game? Or do actually do you think he's got a bit of a turn of pace to him? Uh, no, I think he's... I don't think he's slow on the ball. I think he has got the sort of turn of pace. I think... Like you mentioned, with pace. I think with Haaland, this is one area where pace can be described generally there because Haaland's acceleration and top speed is freakish. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's on another level. So Vlovic is not uh, doing himself a disservice with that comparison. But yeah, it's not to say he's slow on the ball. I was watching uh, more Haaland from this morning, actually. It's just, he's not rapid, but he's not like a sort of what I've seen Lukaku be like recently, uh, where. The ball, it almost feels like he's sort of glued to the floor on his first touch. Uh, but better than <laughs> Running that. through treacle, as it's often described. Yeah. <laughs> um, Robert Botha says, how good is he outside of the box or is he another Van Nistelrooy who just needs kind of, you know, set up in the six-yard box? Interestingly, I think he's taken, I should have done a percentage, but he's done about 50 shots. He's done 50 shots this season inside the box and 18 outside the box, I think. He does mm. take free kicks and he scored one this season, I believe, one of six. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, I think from an analytical perspective, me and you might look at that and think you need to be taking more shots inside the box, not taking long shots. But it, I think that kind of proves he's not a Van Nistelrooy. Uh, I think he's he'll be just fine. He's not gonna just rely on the sort of the uh, to give a proper answer uh, before you yeah. go into. It. I think Vahovic has shown that he can race into the box with himself. He can carry the ball in there if he needs to. He's not just relying on service of others. If you have a look at the shot map that's on your screen now, people, you can see for Vlaovic's uh, Serie A season, uh, 46.9% uh, shot accuracy. That's not specifically for inside or outside, that's in general. But you can see that he scored three goals from outside the box uh, in Serie A, this campaign shown by the little pink dots there. Uh, and the shots that he's taken from the outside, he's probably got about a 50% just just gl- glancing at the image, about a 50% strike rate. Uh, or rather shot accuracy from shots from outside the box. And he does take them from range, as you can see. But the predominant number of those shots are coming from inside the box, as you would expect from most strikers. Yeah. But I'd, yeah, he can. I was going to add as well, So while we're on the topic of shot accuracy, something that I think did provide me with a lot of confidence in him was his goal conversion statistics. So that's the number mm. of shots turned into goals. Uh, yeah. Last season and this season, I think it was around 23 and 24% of double check, actually. is around those two figures which is really high for comparison Lewandowski's at 25% in this season. If he'd hit mm. that number just one in one season, you'd think overperforming. But the fact in 21-22, he's converting 23% of his shots into goals. And last season, if Sofa score loads, it was uh, 24%. So that okay. would show he's a, a striker who is very good at taking the shots he has and turning them into goals. 
I mean, you just need to look at the kind of the, how many, a good way to kind of look at if a striker is really kind of re- clinical and efficient is how their, sh- how their goal number compares to their XG. And when you've scored the number of goals, yeah, 16 in Serie A so far this season with an XG of 12.83, it's showing how high he's outperforming that XG mm. as well. So that is another really interesting one. And he's got 15 shot assists this season. He can link up the play. He can bring others into the game, just under one per match at 0.71 per 90. So it's an area of his game that I think can, again, like his aerial game, improve. But it is also an area that he will be able to provide plenty to the team. Yeah, and why why you mentioned that as well with the expected goals, which, uh, I think just to answer any uh, some fears going on in the subconscious anyone's brains, because <laughs> we all remember Timo Werner doing very well with his expected goals and mm. uh, other Bundesliga strikers. And what I will say, I did a study into... Uh, the top five leagues and lots of analytics and worked out that Serie A goalkeepers are fairly on par, quite close to Premier League goalkeepers. So a striker coming from there should be all right in the Premier League. And for the benefit mm. of everyone else as well, Ligue 1 and the Bundesliga have the worst goalkeepers by far. They let in, I think it was, if you transfer from the Bundesliga to the Premier League, on average, you can expect to score 1.5 to 2 less goals uh, wow. over the course of a season, which is, yes, quite a big number in expected goals terms. So what you're saying is, is that he's better than Haaland, uh, basically. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Alex, thank you so much, mate, for coming on the show. Uh, really good discussion about both Artur and Vlaovic. Chatbox, do show Alex some love in there and let him uh, give him a follow, rather, on Twitter. You can find him at EuroExpert underscore. Alex, tell other people where they can find you as well on your other platforms. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on. I've had a great time, right. especially. I like being, I like the questions coming up. It always makes me think and get challenged. I really like that aspect. So, yeah, <laughs> if you want to find out more of me, I'd really just cover everything European football, whether that's Syria, the Russian Premier League, even the Eredivisie. Go to TikTok, YouTube, or Twitter at EuroExpert. And uh, you can even DM me. We can have a chat about Vlaovic as well. I'm willing to answer any questions. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much, Alex. Yeah, do go give Alex a follow on his socials. Uh, as you can see, he's very well versed in the world of analytics and stats, which if you're subscribed to this channel, you know we're a very big fan of. Um, and I'm sure you will see Alex back on the channel sometime in the future, most likely in the summer window when we're linked with another whole host of ridiculous targets. We will see you very, very soon. I'll be joining you live after the Arsenal-Liverpool game this evening, of which, unfortunately, there's some bad news about Martin Odegaard, Tommy Asu and Emil Smith-Rowe, who are all out for this evening's game. So it's going to be interesting how Mikel Arteta decides to set that up. But I'll be live over on the Arsenal way. The other channel, link to the channel is in the description. So do go make sure you're subscribed over there to get that. And then tomorrow morning at 8am, we'll be doing our own breakdown with just me and you guys in the chat box in our 8am slot show. So we will see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.